Hey there, Watch Me Write listeners. This is a little bit of a bonus episode, if you will. It's not necessarily a journal entry, but I had a sit-down conversation with one of the sponsors of Watch Me Write, and that is Spencer Fry from Coach. And Spencer's done some cool things over the years. He's had four startups that have done really well. He was the CEO of Typefrag. He worked on the incredibly popular site Carbon Made, which had over a million people use it, which is insane. Uncover was his next project, and then Coach is the current project, and they are sponsoring Watch Me Write, which is really cool, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but really, I just had a conversation with Spencer with no agenda. I just wanted to talk to him as a product creator to product creator, and to just discuss what that's like, what the journey is like, what happens when things don't go as planned, and one of the things I really love that Spencer talked about is he kind of opened up about having to deal with the pressure of trying to compare himself to his previous projects, which I think we all deal with at some point, and I'm even dealing with right now as I think about, well, I already wrote a book, so how is this book going to compare to my previous book, which made a good amount of money when it was launched in the way that I did it, so I have some of those feelings as well. But this is a really fun conversation I didn't have any previous set questions. I just kind of let the conversation go where it went. And I think Spencer had some really awesome nuggets of knowledge that you can check out. So have a listen. I hope you enjoy and make sure to check out Coach and use my link withcoach.com slash Jason and check out the interview. had like a lot of really good customer sign up this week and people have been really enjoying like what we're building and um just like good vibes i guess cool. no that's awesome <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that and i especially know with the watch me right website going up like exactly what it feels like to, to be going okay is everything working like <laughs> where are the yeah. bugs because the bugs are somewhere you're like people are going to find them yeah, and that's also been good, too, because the more people that are using Coach, the more, like, bugs we're discovering that are, like, super, super edge cases, but it's oh, nice yeah. to be able to, like, patch them and stuff. So, yeah, like, just like we just had one right now that we just fixed with someone's Google Analytics that was a total edge case. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been good. I'm two years into Teachery, and even yeah. today, like, someone sent a thing, and I'm like, how did you do that? Like, what, like <laughs> I, I could not even have guessed that someone would have taken the steps that you took to get that error. Like, it just is amazing. Uh, yeah, it's always fun. And it's, it, I, I don't know. I think you're, it shows that you're building the right audience, too, when those people are like, hey, found this, not a big deal, just wanted to let you know, as opposed to the people who are like, give me my money back, like, jamming on yeah. the keyboard in anger. Yeah, and we've been really, really fast on fixing things um, and, like, super responsive. We have live chat on our website, too. So instead of people, like, typing up, like, an angry email, they just, like, hit me up, and I'm able to, like, dissolve, uh, not dissolve, but, like, resolve the situation really, diffuse is yes. what I'm saying. Diffuse the situation really easily. So that's been good. Well, so let's uh, let's dive into the first deep question, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to want to know. Why would you sponsor this idea, Spencer? Why Why would you do this? So honestly, it comes down to one, I've like, I've heard of you before and I really respect kind of like what you do. Um, and it also just felt like a perfect match with coach. So we are building a platform for people to sell digital products and you are creating an ebook. So it really kind of, um, just matched up perfectly. Nice. And I guess I'll go one step back from that, which is I've talked about coach. I've people have probably seen it on the Watch Me Art website, but what is it in your words? And then where did it come from? Let's do a little backstory here. 
Sure. Um, so yeah, the backstory first is I've been building products online for the last 15 years. And most of the things I've built were to help individuals um, either earn income or get work. So I'm best known for uh, a startup I founded called carbonmade.com, which was like online portfolios for artists and designers to display their work online. And that was kind of my the most favorite product I ever worked on. And I kind of wanted to get back to that where I was actually helping individuals earn an income and, you know, like make extra money on the side and, and sort of like live out their passion. And so that's that's the main reason why I started to coach. 15 years of making things. Yeah. <laughs> and only four during the 15 years, but still. Yeah. yeah. What What's that been like for you? Because it's actually kind of similar amount of time for me. And I know that like, you know, the beginning was, I mean, we were making terrible stuff. We were just making like not useful stuff, but that's part of the process, right? Like if you don't make that useless stuff, if you don't make that stuff that no one ends up caring about, and I don't know, maybe I'm getting that wrong. Maybe you made all the perfect things every <laughs> single time, but I know I'm, I had a lot of misses. You know, what, what has kept driving you going forward? Because I think that might be interesting for people listening to this podcast or just following along, especially with the book that I'm writing and that how do I keep going? You know, like what motivates you to keep making and keep doing this? So I actually like learned a lot in the last year about myself and kind of what drives me. And it's really like two things. One, I just love people. And I think building products allows me to kind of talk to tons of people and kind of provide a service for people. And there's always this kind of um, back and forth through customer service or through like emails that I always love and enjoy. So this idea of just helping people out has always been something that I care about. And then the other thing is just, I love making things out of nothing. Um, and which I've been doing for, you know, 15, 20 years from when I was like, I'm 32 now, but, um, even from when I was like 10 years old, 11 years old, I just love building things out of nothing. And, and I guess like digital products are probably the best way to do that. And cause I, I'm not like great and handy with my hands. <laughs> like I'm, I'm better with design and, and, uh, and code. So yeah, just building products, I just love it. And I also just like love working with people. Let me touch on this because I, I wanna hear your answer and then I'll give my own as well, which is how do you deal with the balance of helping the people who are not fun to help? Because <laughs> inevitably if you're making things and you have customers, you will have bad customers, you will have bad clients. How do you, and cause I don't necessarily know my answer until I probably start talking of how I would answer that, but like how do you juggle that? How do you deal with the bad ones and don't let them derail you from the good ones that are out there and the things you want to be doing. Yeah, so I sort of take it on as a challenge to sort of almost change their mind. Um, because very actually, valiant, very valiant. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually writing a blog post about this earlier today, um, but I love talking to people that are kind of contrarian or think differently than I do about a problem or um a product or whatever. So I was actually talking to a customer today on live chat and they were saying, you know, I really think you should do it this way. And these are my reasons why. And, and, um, they ended up like not even signing up because we weren't the right solution for them. But from that, I learned a ton. And so it helps me sort of build a product that I'm envisioning, but also at the same time, hearing the doubts and then being able to kind of address those things. So I, I even find that like difficult customers are also valuable. Um, but obviously they do suck up a lot more time. Oh, you could have just finished there. They do suck. You could have just stopped <laughs> right there. No, I agree with you. To, uh, definitely. I think there's a lot that you can learn from negative 
criticism and not necessarily negative, but you know, constructive criticism towards someone not enjoying or liking your thing because not everyone's going to like everything. And, and I was going to bring up one thing that I've learned over the past two years running or co-running Teachery, the online course platform I have, which is it's actually okay to let bad customers go. You know, you, we I think we get into the like product business or the SaaS business or whatever, and you're getting people to sign up and your goal is to not have churn, right? Your goal is to not have people to unsubscribe or to quit or do any of these things. But actually that can be a good thing if they're not the right people, they're not the right fit. And we learned very on with Teachery, and, and maybe you've learned this and uh, I'd be interested to hear you talk about it too, is we wanted to stop doing free accounts because the type of people that that attracts is a type of person who's going to want a lot for paying absolutely nothing or a little. And when you do start to ask them to pay money, then they're questioning every decision that you make and it becomes very difficult. As opposed to if they start as a paying customer and they respect the fact that they have to pay to use your service, it's a whole different relationship. So I'm curious how that's gone on with Coach because I know you guys are now changing your pricing, raising your pricing, I guess yeah. it'd be fair to say. What's that been like? Yeah, so um, I mean, I totally agree with you that, you know, bad customers, it's, it's okay if they turn out. Um, but in terms of like the free versus paid plan, for businesses I've run over the last 15 years, I've always had a freemium model. And there's something I love about having a free plan, even though it is burdensome at some point. I think once you do find the right mix of like limitations and feature sets for the free plan, it can really work well for you. Mm. Um, but it is always a challenge to find that. And, and then, and so for like with Coach in the last year, we actually had a free plan that was just far too good. Mm. So we are limiting the the kind of the feature set of that going forward, as well as raising our prices. But it does it is tricky because free users are often vocal because there are a lot more of them so yeah that's a really interesting point you bring up and it makes me think like maybe freemium is not the best way to go for everybody even though it's kind of one of the easiest ways to go and and i think that sometimes you could really learn like i'm thinking about specifically spruce which is another software product that i have mm -hmm. and, and we've been really juggling on do we want to do freemium you know how do we want to do that and we actually think it's a great fit that we will give you a full featured account, but where we can limit you is you only have one website you can add. Right. And it's a natural fit for that model. And, and that's where I think that a lot of people will adopt, myself included, I, I throw myself in this mix, will adapt a tactic or a strategy that works for other people when it's not necessarily the best fit for what you're trying to build. But if it is, like you've said, if you've found the right fit for that kind of customer, um, this is nowhere near a conversation about my book writing, but <laughs> I actually am kind of interested that we're doing this and talking about this because I want it to be different type of content on this podcast than just what people are reading. So, so sorry, just one note about that too is one. Of, I think that's actually a really good part of a thing you're doing with Spruce is limiting it down to one web page, and uh, the same thing we're doing with Coach too is we're limiting it limiting it down to one paid product, mm. which I think is also an interesting thing. So it's not like they can have a ton of different products and sell them at all at a different prices. It's just one. And then if they want more than that, they can upgrade, for example. So, so give me, uh, give me kind of the, the roadmap of coach. Cause you know, let's a little bit of backstory, talk about a couple things. Let's talk about where you see that going. And specifically when we first started talking, you know, you asked me like, who is this book for, you know, what's going on with it. And, and we had a discussion about, you know, I, I am kind of the same way as you. I like to help people and I like to really help them get out of their way. And the people that I focus on are the creative professionals, the entrepreneurs, the solopreneurs. That's at least who I try and project to. I might be helping a totally different audience, which is just a natural thing you can't control. But what does the roadmap look like for Coach if you want to pull back the curtain a little bit? Just because I'm curious to chat a little bit more about how can Coach really help people besides just saying like, 
here's a place to put your, your digital product and you can sell it. You know, what mm -hmm. is kind of the long-term vision for what you're trying to do? Sure. So um, I guess, so the core functionality of coach is exactly that is, you know, you have a digital product um, either like an ebook or a full online course and you want a place to sell it. Coach is the best place for that in our opinion. So I think where we differ from the other, you know, online course creation platforms and the other kind of digital down platform download platforms is that we are trying to sort of think outside of uh, just the digital product side and think about kind of this what I like to call like the supportive features of digital products mm -hmm. that are not necessarily the sort of um, you know adjusting the colors the template it's it's the other things that go into selling digital products so for us that's email marketing and that's um, email capture through landing pages so with coach. We're, you know, 70% focused on digital products, but we also have like a landing page feature, email capture feature, and email marketing feature. So both newsletters and drip marketing. So we're trying to really give people complete insights into the sales funnel and knowing that digital products are only one part of that and email marketing, landing pages, all that other stuff plays a, plays a big role. So for us, we're really trying to build, I don't like the term all in one product, but it kind of is that in a lot of ways where it's, it's really just like all in one process. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think, I don't know, you may shy away from that term because it <laughs> has you know, negative connotations for you, but I think that's, it's such a valuable thing because really, I mean, Spruce and, and Coach have a lot of alignment here in this thing mm -hmm. where there's disparate tools everywhere and what Spruce wants to do is bring them all in one place. Like, don't go log into everything anymore. Like, there's too many things to use and they're great, you can use them, but it's such a pain to go in all of them, so come to this one place. And I feel like Coach is actually going to really solve that problem for people as well, where it's like, you've seen all the email marketing providers, you've seen all the landing page providers, you've seen all the places you could, but what if you just did it in one place, you know? Yeah. And, and to me, that's one of the strongest things, and you obviously have the data, you, you've looked at this, you've been running this company now for a certain amount of time where you've seen people come through and you know what their sticking points are, but just from an outsider's perspective, as someone who's now been through the, through the flow of it, who's seen it, you know, who knows what it is, who knows how it works, who's seen other people use it, I really, to me, it's like, oh, it's just one place, you know. I can I can literally build this entire thing, even if it's just one of my businesses. I can do it yep. just on this platform. Yeah, and and we've actually um, spoken to like a lot of the creators on Coach and people that are like super experienced that are doing like over a hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue. And even for those people, the you know all in one solution is super beneficial for them because now they have time to really just focus on their products, and you know Coach can kind of handle the rest for them. Um, and just from a financial point of view too instead of having to subscribe to four different services, you know, you get one bill that's everything's sort of priced in together and it's, it ends up being a lot lower. Uh, so some people were spending, you know, three, $400 on a bunch of different products and now they're just using coach and the bill's a lot lower. And also just to like your point earlier, um, one of the reasons why I think it can work really well is because most people that are signing up for say like a landing page, builder and an email marketing tool and a product tool, they're really only using probably 10% of that functionality because those tools are just, in my opinion, just feature bloated. Like you're not going to use 90% of those features. So our philosophy and coach is that we might have a, an awesome landing page builder for you that really focuses on those 10% core functionality. And from that, we can do a lot, a lot of neat things by having it all under one roof showing you the analytics, showing you the, where all your traffic's coming from, showing you conversion rates and just being it all tied together. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I want to go down this road a little bit here of the of feature bloat because I think that it happens for creators. I think it happens for entrepreneurs who take on too many projects and that's their own feature bloat, if you will. And I think it happens for people like us who are building things where you have customers and they're asking you for things. So how do you deal with that from the project or the product that you're building, say with Coach, how do you not go feature bloat? You know, how do you not compete with say like a lead pages on like the 50 million things that their lead page can do when people are used to that, right? When they're used to, if I'm gonna have a landing page, well, I gotta be able to do this, 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 and this and change these things and then put it in some weird obscure language that no one you know, has ever heard of. How do you not just fall into the like keeping up trap of that? Yeah, so I think a lot of that um, comes from my work at Carbon Made, where we built just, in my opinion, like the simplest, easiest to use um, portfolio builder and, and over 1.2 million people signed up for it. And it was just understanding kind of what is the core functionality and everything else is just noise. Yeah. So obviously you have to kind of go with your gut somewhat and then you can also kind of tally up, you know, if a hundred paying customers are looking for this feature, maybe it really is valuable. But I think a lot of it honestly just comes to what you think is the core functionality in your opinion and not is not necessarily what Jason Zook thinks, but like, you know, what it what do you think? What does your team think who deals with all the customers all the time and just using that to build it? And I think I think people know what a core functionality is and they just stray from it because maybe they think, you know, John will sign up for a pro plan now if I add that feature and it's not a lot of work, but it definitely derails you if you kind of go down that route. Do you have a number for you guys specifically that you at least look at like, we have to hear some, we have to hear this amount of people ask for this feature before we think <laughs> about doing it. Cause you mentioned earlier, you know, you want to give the hands-on support if someone asks for something you try and release, you know, really quickly and that could just be fixes, but it can also be features. How yeah. do you guys measure that? Um, we do keep a count on Trello, but we don't necessarily um, look at it that often. It's more just to have as sort of a data point if we need it. And more of it is just like, we have a roadmap over the next year, two years that's sort of loosely prioritized. And when we get a bunch of requests, say like a hundred for a certain feature that's already on our roadmap, at that point we might prioritize it as long as it is like, as long as we're building things sequentially and it fits in the order. So it's sort of just, a lot of it's just like, if it's already on our roadmap, that's awesome. And if a lot of people are requesting it, then we're gonna prioritize it more. But it's not necessarily like, if they're prioritizing, or sorry, if they're requesting it, but it's not on our roadmap, it's not necessarily something we're gonna look at. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it can really derail the progress of building anything getting distracted by people asking for things. And, and I think that's just something everyone has to juggle in their own way, right? Like you make the decision on how you want to do that and what you want to change it. Honestly, we, we had a roadmap for, for Tea Tree, for example. <laughs> we've abandoned that thing like crazy. I mean, <laughs> we, we had things, but what we've done is we've really just said, like, like you've said before, we have the feature set that we believe is all you need to build, launch, and sell an online course. It's there. You need nothing else. But what we've really done recently is we have some bigger features that are out there that we just heard people talk about for a long time. But now we're just kind of collecting the information as people come through. And if we're hearing multiple people ask for the same thing, then we're like, okay, let's work on that. And maybe that's just how we've transitioned, right? I mean, we all go through phases in our businesses and how we work and how we do things. So yeah, it's been interesting to see how we've adjusted that way. But I, I like hearing from you how you guys have that plan and you stick to it. Even if 50 people are asking for this one thing, it's like, hey, it's not on our roadmap. 
I think that's it, it takes courage is the easy word to say, but it, it takes you know a little bit of brass balls to stick to those <laughs> things when your customers are asking for something else. Yeah, and it's also always kind of changing our roadmap too. It's not like it's, I think I only really know the next like one to three months. Mm -hmm. um, but just as an example, we we actually had scheduling as a feature on Coach that we just removed um, last week. And, you know, we had over 400 people using it. And it was, it was a tough decision, but it was something that I felt like we needed to do is to sort of make sure our priorities were with digital products and, you know, like you got to make those tough decisions. And it, that's actually probably the hardest decision you can ever make is, is removing something that's already in your product. How do you, if 400 people are using something, what, what's the process like for that? You know, and I, I know, I know a little bit behind the scenes here, but I'm curious sure. just to hear from where that started with seeing this, this feature and how you go about saying like, Hey, hope you don't cancel, but we got to get rid of this feature. Yeah. So I think that is definitely something that you look at the numbers for. So if you compared, you know, scheduling with the digital product stuff, with the landing page stuff and the email marketing stuff we do, scheduling was probably only five to 10% of that, if I remember the numbers correctly. So for us, like, even though 400 people are using it, um, I'm quote unquote, okay, you know, like making a few people unhappy so that we can focus our time and resources on the other parts of coach. And especially if you actually look at the code base and scheduling is such a complex thing that it was actually about 40% of our code. So just being able to remove that, it just makes everything else kind of um, be able to breathe, I guess. Yeah, that's it's kind of interesting just to think about that from a code perspective, which I don't think a lot of people <laughs> would even think about. Like, oh, it eats up so much code space. Like, yeah, as a user, you would never know, but maybe... Maybe you know only because you're like, wow, coach runs faster. It's like, yeah, because we got rid of the bloated <laughs> scheduling time zone craziness, which yeah. people who are listening to this know that Acuity is the other sponsor of Watch Me Write, which is amazing. That I didn't even know these things were happening, but I reached out to them, reached out to you, and you were getting rid of this feature. That's what they do only. That's the only thing. They yeah, do. and we actually, um, we actually recommended them as the tool that people use uh, if you know, they're, they're, they're dying to have, still have scheduling. They hooked our customers up with a 45 day trial too. So props to them. <laughs> yeah. And I love that stuff. I mean, that's, you know, we, we do that with teacher. We have like preferred vendors that we know, like a quiz platform. We, we always recommend people go to quizzer or whatever. And they probably don't even know, but it's just like every time I hear the word quiz, cause we're just not going to build that. Like going back to features that yeah, just say like, well, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to build this. Here's the company that does it. It does. They do it really well. Just use them. So um, all right, I want to go uh, back to another point in the conversation that has been sticking in my mind and keeps coming up and we've been talking is you said that over the past year you've learned a lot about yourself. And as someone who's writing a book, and in my first book, I really learned a lot about myself. It was a very cathartic experience to sit down and a lot of feelings and thoughts that I had, I was able to finally get out in a way that I couldn't get them out before. You know, even conversations with my girlfriend, we've talked about some of this stuff, but I just I couldn't articulate it. And, and I found that writing really gave me the permission to get it out of my brain, get it onto even just a, a Word doc that I could then delete. Like it didn't even get put in the book. But I'm wondering for you as someone who is in, you know, by the time people are listening to this, I'm now going through this process again. I will learn things about myself. How did you get to that? What, what process brought you into that? And, and what did you find out about yourself as you were doing that? Yeah, so, you know, the first year of coach was, it was mainly just myself. And I was still kind of figuring out what was the product I wanted to build, um, what was the the vision, what was the thesis, and I I had a you know kind of like 
a little bit of an idea. I'd come off three kind of successful startups in the past and I was sort of trying to get back there. And so I felt a lot of pressure as to like, I need coach to be successful. Like this needs to be a thing. Like I don't want to have a drop off in my career. And sort of towards the end of year one, we started to pick up steam in terms of the product. I actually hired a guy that I worked with before at Carbon Made who has put a lot of life into coach and put a lot of life into me. And I think as the cloud started apart during during the end of the first year, our vision um, just became a lot clearer. We started to get a lot more customers. They started to validate our idea and just everything felt better. And I, I, I mean, I know you know this too, but there's nothing more validating than someone paying for something that you're selling. And it, was, it wasn't until the end of the first year where people started to do that. It's funny because it's not the money like it's not yeah, really the it's money, not money right? at all <laughs> it's, it's the exchange it's the you put this out someone says yes with their credit card it just happens to be the exchange that happens in our society and yeah it's a really interesting thing that that has become such a validator and i thought about that a lot even just with this watch me write project but um i want to go one step like further into this if you don't mind sure. was there anything that you were doing you, you mentioned that someone you hired was like helping pull some of this out was it calls? Was it long talks? Was it walks on the beach? What was the thing that was really helping you get to the place where things were kind of opening up? Yeah. So I think a lot of it was my philosophy has always been to talk to, try to talk to every single person that signs up in some capacity. And I think during the first year, I must've spoken to three, 400 people on the phone for over an hour. And those are just the people that would like talk to me. Yeah. And I think it was just a lot of that really, really helped because I got to learn, you know, right after they signed up, what was valuable to them? Like, why are they interested in this product? Like, what are they looking for? And it started to sort of validate my ideas and, and my thesis and so on. And so honestly, it was, it, for me, it was probably mostly just talking to customers every single day and sort of getting it out of my brain and, and being able to communicate with them. No wonder you built the scheduling <laughs> we actually, I use that to schedule all the calls. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, you would have had to with that many calls. No, I think that's, that's such a, an interesting way that you got through that, right. Or that you kind of found that process is that you weren't even necessarily seeking out to figure out like, Oh, I've really figured out a lot about what I want to be doing and everything else. And um, one more thing that I kind of wanted to touch on because I've dealt with this myself is that, so let's say carbon made is carbon made your most successful thing you've yeah. done? Okay. So Carbon Made is the most successful thing you've done. You left that in some capacity. I'm not sure what the details are. Feel free to share if you want. But how do you not, or how have you gotten over measuring yourself against Spencer who started Carbon Made and did, you know, had that success to where you are now? So um, I never stop measuring myself, I guess you could say. Um... You know, car made, car made, and then I ran a company before that called Typefrag were my two biggest successes. And I think that it still drives me today because, like, we're not yet at the, like, same MRR total we were then. And, and you know, we don't have quite as many, like, employees and we don't have the nice office and all this stuff. We're, we're a five-person remote team. So I continue to use that to drive me um, to make Coach successful. And I think it will until we pass it. And then even when we pass it, like, I'm going to want to, like, pass it even more. You know, so so it'll definitely continue to, to drive me for sure. Do you ever feel like you're in the shadow of Carbon Made? I mean, I guess it sounds like you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm in the shadow of every business I've ever built, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, this is tough because I think, you know, I'm on my fourth startup now. And I think people always think of you as the, you know, what you did before guy. Mm -hmm. 
and I want people to think of me as like, this is a what I'm doing now person, you know? So that's another big part of it too, because I'd like to kind of pull off all those other things from my resume and just have coach, you know? I have the answer to that, that how you do that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> just you, do it? <laughs> you make, no, you just make like way too many things because if you make way too many, the people are just completely confused. They're like, well, I remember you from this one, but now I know you do. Then this is my, my whole way of, I think how I've dealt with this secretly is like, I just make so many things that people are like, I don't even know what to call this guy anymore. Like, I don't even know what I know him from. So uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, no, I appreciate you kind of peeling back some layers there. I mean, I think that there's so much to be said for running your own thing, starting your own thing, building your own business, selling a digital product, writing a book, you know, whatever it is that, that you're working on. And I say the your is the people listening to this, but also us, that it's, it's hard. It's just hard. It's difficult to do these things. And there's no roadmap. There's no blueprint. Yeah. There's no framework. There's, you can't even do it once and then completely replicate it to match what you did before because the stars will not align the same way for you. And I do think it's really interesting just to find out what drives different people as they're doing this. And and I think it's just really fun to have someone like you support the Watch Me Write project because in itself, the project is its just a random thing, right? Like there's a random occurrence on the internet of an idea coming together and me doing something and neither of us really know how it's going to go. I mean, I, <laughs> I recorded a little thing this morning because t today as we're recording this is the day before launch and I'm like, I have no idea if anyone's going to care that I'm doing this. You know, I... I have, a, I have a hunch, I have a, a hope and a feeling that people are going to find this interesting because it's not something people normally do or have done before, but I have no clue. But part of that is what drives me. Part of that is like, well, I want to, I want to see it through. I want to know what happens. And I feel like part of that for you is, is with each of your projects, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, well, yeah. let's just keep building this. Let's just keep doing this. You know, coaches, not where you wanted it to be a year ago, but now you're getting to a place or, or maybe a year ago you were. And you know, now where you are is like, oh man, like wish I could have felt this way when I started because I could have skipped all that time, <laughs> but we can't skip all that stuff. We have to go through all those processes. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you know, you hit the nail on the head where it's like, this stuff's really hard and creating like digital products is really hard. Building companies is really, really hard. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, just to tie it all back is, is the reason we built coach was just to make it a little bit easier. And it's, it's also the way, the reason I built car made and the, and the reason I built everything I've ever built was just to make it a little bit easier on the people that are using the product. Really good stuff. And I, I'll give a shout out to anybody listening to this. Support the sponsors of the Watch Me Write project. And that is Coach, which is an awesome place where I'm going to say it. You're all in one online business. Turn your passion into a business. Make that digital product. Grow a list. Engage with them. Build your audience and keep kind of giving them awesome stuff uh, with coach.com slash Jason will get you there. And that's how they get to keep track of me doing a good job. So please <laughs> make sure you use that so that I get the credit. But uh, I thank you, Spencer, for number one, taking a chance on this project, but also just supporting entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people of the world, myself included, uh, who just have ideas and want to put them out into the world. Totally. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for the little interview with Spencer from Coach. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you will check out Coach. As a reminder, my link is withcoach.com slash Jason. Make sure you use that one because I get credit, but check out Coach. See if it's right for your business. They are doing some really fun things. I'm excited to use them to sell my book, the book that I'm currently writing on Coach exclusively next year in 2017. So that will be fun. And make sure to support this podcast. If you want to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be awesome. Hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you watch this podcast. And make sure to check out watchmewrite.co 
until December 17th when every day I am writing my book live.